episode 18. Very special episode that we're recording in the back garden of Charlie Baxter's pub in Ellerslie, right across the road from the electorate office of Denise Lee. Um, recently fallen out with uh, Judith Collins, of course, over Judith's on the hoof policy making, and I used on the hoof deliberately because um, I think she's got hooves. Uh, <laughs> Are you trying to say that Judith's a cow? No! <laughs> Loads of creatures have hooves. Um, pigs, goats, sheep. All the, all the really nice ones that you're saying then. Devils. Right? <laughs> um, they've all got hooves. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're recording this in the back garden of Charlie Baxter's pub in Ellerslie, and so you might hear some background music occasionally filtering through and background voices and so on, and random drunk people might come up to us and say, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Um, and, and that might be Denise Lee. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, let you, we'll keep you updated on that situation. We're gonna, so this is recorded um, the night before the election, so Friday, the election, final election day is on Saturday. This is recorded the night before. The intention is to edit it and get out as quickly as possible, so you might be listening to this as early as Saturday morning. Um, but the more mistakes either of us make, or the more ums and ahs either of us do, the less likely it is to come out before the election. So you might well hear our predictions after the results known. So just bear that in mind if we say stuff that's completely off the wall. But not only that, but um, if our predictions are actually right, it might then come across that we actually didn't predict and we were just saying what happened. So maybe we just have to like no ums and ahs, or maybe we just give everybody everything with ums and ahs. But the mm. other reason why this is special is because this is actually the first one we've recorded together. You're right. Yes, I'd forgotten. I'd actually forgotten about that. And that is no, we recorded the sweet acts one. Ah, oh, sorry, I was too busy gloating in my victory. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm. I'm not gonna edit that bit out. So that's fine. That doesn't slow us down. So, um, helpfully, because I have only. I've only got the um sort of talking points on my phone, and we're recording this on my phone. Helpfully, uh, Darren has actually printed this off. Um, what we're going to talk about as a reminder, which is good because it's been, a, it's been a long couple of weeks and I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. Um, but you have, one thing you've suggested we should talk about is thank the guests for our, um, who have recently been on, talking about their minor party campaigns. Totally, I mean. Not that I would call ACT a minor party. No, not when they sweep the power moment. tomorrow anyway. <laughs> so, um, yes, you're absolutely right. Obviously four, four podcasts obviously started off political podcasts that is started off way back in may with jamie lee ross when advanced new zealand had no billy tk and before jamie pretended he was a conspiracy theorist for and, votes and when he was still standing for botany mm. so but the amazing thing is that podcast we've just re um, posted that podcast and the amount of interest that it's developed second time round compared to first time round is amazing and yes. again, as you would expect, it's totally polar. But something like, I mean, the comment section's off the scale. There's something like 60, 70 likes on the Facebook page for it, when I think the first time it was released probably didn't even make double figures. <laughs> Possibly didn't. No. <laughs> and I would like to give a personal shout-out and thank you to Jamie Lee Ross for, for pretending he believes in conspiracy theories in order to gain votes and publicity, because it's actually benefited us. So, Jamie, thank you for that. And whatever happens to you in this election and whatever the result is uh, you know i hope you enjoy whatever you go on to do uh, whether it's ufo research um yeti hunting 
presenting weird fly-on-the-wall documentaries with former children's TV presenters <laughs> who later turn out to be extremely dubious people. Um, whatever it is, Jamie, well done. And um, thank you again for all of the publicity you've given us. I think you're incredibly harsh on Jamie Lee Ross. I actually quite like Jamie Lee Ross um, from the point of view that you know, um, you're always been you're good a sociopath as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's <laughs> correct. But also, um, he's always been pretty kind to me. And one night when I asked him a question when he was doing the live, he actually told everyone to come and watch my comedy show. So I actually oh. think he's a good guy. No, so. okay, no, no. All right, all bets are off. Um, <laughs> all my criticisms uh, removed. Unfounded. Fair play, uh, fair but, play, Jamie. But you need to leave it in because then he'll not tell people to come and watch your comedy shows. And I can tell live... more people to come and watch mine. I can live with that. <laughs> I can live without Advance NZ supporters coming to my comedy show. I would love them to come to mine because I reckon we'd have a great night. And I mean that sincerely. I reckon we'd have just like this weird fucking night of all sorts of stuff. Actually, there. no, now you mention it, I would like it. And there's a lot of comedy potential in that. <laughs> and I think you could probably do an entire gig of crowd work with and them. Do you reckon Billy TK would come and watch any of our comedy shows? He might perform at them. <laughs> But also then, obviously, our very first run into the election was Shy Naveau from the top party. So um, Shy was really good, especially as deputy leader to give us the time that she did. I think that's Shy Navort. Oh, I'm Shy Naveau. I'm going Silent T. You're, you're putting an R in there. There's no R in between the O and the T. No, I'm pretty sure it's Shy, Shy Navort. Oh, I'm going to go for Shy Navot. Maybe we'll get I'm her back on the show after the election to ask her how top did. I'm not editing. How the hell we should actually pronounce Sorry. her name. Yeah. So um, so that's good. And then we had Dominic and Noel, who we I did. called Noel on the night. So I, I felt immediately yes. embarrassed. When Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds. British TV star. No, um, <laughs> Noel Jiang. Epsom candidate for the Tea Party. Yeah, they picked the worst two candidates you could probably... Uh, what? The worst two conspiracy, uh, constituencies, sorry. Not candidates, sorry. Um, they picked the worst two. Displeased. No, leave it in. It's fine. Um, they, um, they, those are the two most difficult, arguably, um, places to actually try and get elected when you're up against Goldsmith, when you're up against Seymour, Helen White, Ellen MMO, Chloe Swarbrick. I mean, fair play to them. That is ballsy to go to those yes. two electorates. And we're really looking forward to their offer to meet with them again and record an interview post-election with a bit of analysis of how they've done in at, their of at their office which is I google mapped it after we talked about it and it's literally two minutes walk from my office so. great that means it's about three, a two and a half hour walk from mine then yeah excellent get some exercise in <laughs> I need it as well oh and um, and then finally of course we were uh, joined by Michael oh. the cook from ACT and uh, he sent me a note which I haven't responded to sorry Michael but I will wanted to know why there was no comments on his post. That's because no one's made any, I don't think. They've made them off the post to me in other ways. So uh, his post has had some likes and some stuff like that, but no one's really made any comments. <laughs> so poor old Michael, but he was a great guest and he was a relic for a laugh as well. And, it's uh, personal choice whether they comment on there or not. No, that's right. Personal choice. Uh, but uh, the good Did thing- Did you see the, um, the story Yesterday was it in spin-off about how many times they emailed um, all the ACT candidates on the basis that ACT are going to be playing an extremely important role in the next parliament given how many seats they're likely to win. They emailed all of the candidates to find out a bit more about them and then they analysed how many times they used the phrase personal choice and one of the candidates I think used it 38 times in one reply but they all used it. So 
Um, yeah, it's personal choice whether people comment, Michael. Is but that like act bingo? <laughs> I think it is. I think if you're going to do act bingo and you want it to get house, you could choose personal choice quite a lot. Um, I don't know how bingo works, and I've just given away the fact that I don't know the rules of bingo. Which Are is you kidding me? I've got. I don't know who Pitbull is. I don't know how bingo works. I um, way back in my younger life, I met a girl one night, and um, we went we went out a chat, and um, she wouldn't tell me what her what she did for a job, and uh, I was like, why? And she said, you'll only laugh at me. And uh, she told me that she turned out to be a bingo caller. Did she have uh, 11 legs? Legs 11. Come on, mate. You don't... <laughs> Did she have 11 legs? That's what no, I meant. I meant that was what I meant. 11 pairs of legs. 11 legs. No, she didn't. I did 10 pairs not, of legs I did not go one. out with like a sort of uh, centipede. disabled centipede. No, that's right. <laughs> that's good to hear. But um, what's interesting is that they have been saying that it's the highest early voter turnout. In, in, the, in the history of elections in New Zealand, so does that mean it's actually going to be a higher overall turnout? And if it does, who does that favour in your opinion? Wow. Um, so 41% had voted by Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday this week. Uh, haven't looked at the latest figures, um, but it is amazing. And I don't know. I just don't know. I just think, uh, and we often say this, or I do anyway, because I'm correct, you know, only a fool makes political predictions right now. The vibe I've got from the queue when I was at my queue, my local queue, which is in a very um, you know mixed area, um, was I just don't know. It's too hard to tell. It seemed to be pro Labour, but it seemed to be very positive and inter- excited. And my sense is, given how badly Judith has done in the last couple of weeks, is uh, and more is that it was kind of a Labour crowd, but that doesn't mean anything. And the fact is, we do know that historically, the Labour Party in particular. And, Sort of um, parties on the left more generally always have a turnout issues no matter how good things are because of complacency and because of uh, voters often being really busy with work and other things um, no so labor voters won't be busy to, with work uh, no they are they're the hardest working uh, voters in the country all of the national voters are just sat there living off unearned income from their houses that they own and rent out to people at extortionate rates um, <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What do I think? I think a a high voter turnout. I think you're right. I actually think tomorrow's election is also going to give us a bit of an indication to how cannabis reform could go as well. Yes. Because I think if Green Party do get to 8 or 9%, I think most Green Party voters, and I hate to be stereotypical, are most certainly going to back cannabis reform. Um, So I think if the Green Party do get up and do get a pretty decent number and Labour get a decent number... I actually think that what we are going to see is we're going to see high, a high vote towards um, the sort of cannabis reform. I personally don't, because we don't get the cannabis reform result for about two weeks, do we? That doesn't come till about November or something. No, I don't know. I don't think it comes tomorrow, no. So I think oh. it's another two weeks. But, Weird. Um, is that both referendum? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but someone led me to believe that it's about... It's because they'll wait November. for the special votes. Yes. And the election result gets announced. The initial election result gets announced, and then a few party seats might change hands in the next couple of weeks yes. because of the special votes. But I guess for referendum results, it makes sense to leave it until that all counted. Yeah. But sense. I personally, my personal prediction is I don't think cannabis will make it. I think it will run close. I think it might get. I think it could be a 54-46. Um, I do think end of life will make it and again I think it's going to be damn close because people are so polarised on it 
I would agree with you on both those predictions. Actually, I'm not prepared to make a prediction about the makeup of the next parliament because I just, I just don't think it's possible to do that in the current climate. But I think with the referendum results, I would agree. I think end of life is going to pass, and I think that stoners can't be bothered to get up their asses to vote or be too stoned. Exactly, and then vote no for some unbelievable reason. Well, and and I think that you know I'm I was all for giving prisoners with less than three years the vote but well I was quite ambivalent towards it to be honest but I'm happy with it but I do think there's a lot of gang members in prison they're going to vote no because they profit too well off of the um, off the illegal sale of cannabis so I don't really think that have much of an impact but I do think that it'll be very close and it'll be a very narrow no vote. I um, I don't agree with the, the prisoner reform vote at all in any way shape or form too if you, late though it's already i know afraid. because you just decided to do that when the whole country was locked down the same way as you gave police power so look what we're up for for another three years time especially if you get a clear majority but um mm. the truth of the matter is I, I didn't really agree with that from from the off uh, but unfortunately it's pretty much there so we've got to deal with it the same as i don't agree with 16 and 16s voting either so um Would you- so I've got a serious question for you yeah, here. Would you lock all 16-year-olds away so they can't vote? No, because oh, no, then if they serve less than three years, then, then they'd still be able to, yeah. they'd be able to vote Damn another way. Damn I you. I thought I had you then. Your cunning plan was blown straight away. But um, look, I, I'm prepared to make a few. Uh, you're not even prepared to make any sort of prediction at all? All right, no, I will. Come I'll, on, Predictions I'll make are ACT are going to be clearly much more well-represented in terms of numbers than they currently are. Um, I predict that Greens are probably going to have a similar number of MPs to what they've got at the moment. And I predict that we can't rule out Māori Party or New Zealand first. Okay. We can't rule them out though. I'm just, I'm not saying they will definitely get in, but I think it'll be closer than we think. I think John Tamahiri could win his seat, which obviously would be a Labour seat that that is at the moment. So I definitely rule that out actually. You reckon? Yeah, you, you got some insider. I've seen his, I've seen, I've seen his campaign at work, and I just don't think they've got what it takes. I think if the Maori Party win, it will be. Uh, apologies for my pronunciation here. It'll be Wairariki, um, which is currently held by Labour MP, as they all are, Tamati uh, Coffee, or and that's based on travels through that electorate recently and the amount of hoardings I saw, uh, particularly in Rotorua, which is the kind of stronghold of that electorate. I have heard predictions that it could be the other Tutai, not Tutai Tokoro, but the other one, whose name I'm not confident enough to say out loud, because I'm an immigrant from Britain. But, That's uh, my excuse. Yeah, and it's a good excuse. Yeah, not uh, that But being, being a lefty, I thought you'd have been pretty fluent in Tirao now, so... Um, I'll try my best. <laughs> Sometimes it fails me. Apart from the very yeah, I've got a speech, you know, I've got a speech impediment in three languages. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's um, so I can't roll my R's, and in English that's fine. That's not a speech impediment. But in Spanish, which is the only other language I've made a serious effort to learn and get good at, it's quite important. In in Tarío, obviously, it's pretty important, and in Scottish, it's pretty important. And I used to live near the Scottish border. And two out of those three languages, I don't really want to speak, so that's probably not too bad. Yes. But I can't do the R thing either. I think it must be a, a British thing. I'll make a few predictions. Well, I'll tell you, I will ask you one more question. Go on. Who's going to win Auckland Central? And what's your running order? That's of? definitely too close to tell, but probably. So, I'm adding this caveat. 
and I might tell Darren off off mic what I really know. <laughs> My prediction though is um, Helen White will probably win. Emma Mello will come second and Chloe Swarbrick sadly will come third. And I say sadly because of all the effort her and her supporters have put into that campaign. I think that on effort alone, if we were going to judge things on effort alone, I think they deserve to win. And Helen personally. White would come last because she has put no effort. No, that's not true. She's Do not see her anywhere. I mean, I can safely say this, you probably can't. But I don't see her anywhere. Whereas Emma Mello, you see on lives and everything like that everywhere. That's because you're in the echo chamber. That's right. And, and um, Swarbrick, as much as I'm not a fan of her. And but that's because you're friends with lots of comedians who are heavily involved in her campaign. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I hate all comedians. She's got a, she's got a um, funniest campaign, it's probably fair to say. It would be, yeah. There's a, she's got a huge comedic following, and uh, I, I actually agree with your place in there. I think, and I actually wrote it up today, I think Helen White will get 34%, I think Emma Mello will get 32 and I think Swarbrick will get 30 Wow, you think it'll be that close? Yeah. That would be ama- an amazing result if it was. I do think it's going to go um, that close. I think the cannabis reformers will come out and will put all their votes into Swarbrick. I think Emma Mello, considering that she's trying to follow on from Nikki Kay, has just been relentlessly campaigning. You know, I, I look on the lives and she's been over in Waiheke and all over the place. Um, now if, that's she the loses, if she loses, then it won't be through effort because she has absolutely it won't be her pounded. fault no it won't be and um that's a follow-up question and if nikki k had stayed in would she have kept the seat yeah totally should have walked it yeah I, I i don't know about walking it i think she'd have massively had a majority massively cut but i think she would have held it i think she, i still think she'd have got 40. maybe yeah I, and i think it probably would have taken away from both Labour and Green I think uh, because she seemed to have that pull of um, both parties of course when um, National had that little spat over who the candidate was going to be for Auckland Central did you make any calls to radio phone-ins <laughs> are you trying to say that I'm that what was his name the guy that used to ring in I can't night? even remember his real name or his pretend name no his pretend name was Merv, was it? Or, Merv or something like that yeah, wasn't it Midnight Merv, Merv from Manny Ray that's it Midnight Merv that's right yeah. No, I was not Midnight Merv. I can uh, I can quite easily uh, confirm that I'm not Midnight Merv. If I was to have a Midnight name, it'd probably be better than Merv, I reckon. Yep. My predictions for the election are, and I wrote them up on a board today, I, I have Labour at 44. I've got uh, National at 34. I've got the Greens at 5. I think they'll just get over. Um, I've got Act at eight but they could go to nine and uh, as much as Winston was being super super confident on the radio tonight I've only got him at between three and four I don't think I think he's got too much damage this time round um, whether it's down to the fact of you know some uh, right-wing supporters blame him for being you know the uh, antagonist of putting Jacinda into power or whether it's the New Zealand First Foundation inquiry one of those two or both together I, I, I see him getting three to three and a half maybe four if he gets a run i don't think he's going to get five it's an interesting one <clears throat> that you say there's definitely been some evidence or some talk among commentators and analysts about how um the sort of young new zealand first kind of support has bled away to act yeah. as a result of their involvement in the coalition yes because they totally did not get what new zealand first actually stands for 
they yeah. totally misunderstood it and in fact there was some talk in the previous election and the run up to it that kind of the youth wing had been hijacked by a kind of what would be called an alt-right kind of pro-free speech populist group who um, would have been very unhappy to see Winston helping Jacinda get into power and although they were small in number they were quite active so yeah I've no doubt you're, you're correct about that and as I said, I would say I wouldn't rule either, either New Zealand First or the Maori Party out, but I would say that if they do get in, it would be a very narrow scraping on the basis of 5% or a single seat in the case of the Maori Party. I think if you look as well at the Maori Party, they were a victim of when they probably teamed up with John Key. Absolutely. And I think their you know, core them. supporter base killed bled them. away. And I think with New Zealand First, its core supporter base has seen him go, and to be honest, if you look at political values, he's totally on the wrong side of the house. Well, he's no, totally on the see, wrong so side the other, no capital the other, gains tax, none of that. The sort other, of the other, the other view of the analysts is that the older voters for New Zealand First, who are the majority, have gone to Labour. Actually, if they're happy with how the government's done and they feel that the government's protected them by lockdown and stuff like that, which is, you know, true because that's the primary. They're the kind of primary vic- potential victims, and they know that. They've actually said, no, actually, that's not risk things. Let's, let's vote for Auntie Jacinda and stay in. Now, what do you make, talking of Auntie Jacinda, what do you make of last night's comments? Are they, is this a bit of uh, grandstanding? Oh, you, is this grandstanding from Jacinda? You have to tell Jacinda? me, just to be honest, I haven't watched it and I haven't even had a chance. Is because this, of work, I haven't had time to even look at the reviews or anything of the debate. I've no idea what happened. So, the only, to the, two, the major question of the night, I think, for both of them, um, was what would happen if you lose. Now, Judith thinks that she's got the numbers in caucus to carry on. I'd have never seen a defeated opposition leader carry on I, um, I've, in many elections. No, um, not in New Zealand. And Jacinda Ardern says that if she loses, she will resign as leader. Mm-hmm. Now, is that grandstanding or is that more fear talk from Jacinda to drive supporters out? in fear of her not leading the party because what else was really interesting is that she said no political party should be one person and if i've ever seen a political party that's one person it's the labor party nah not that's wrong because um that's who the media are focusing on so they're focusing on jacinda and there's no no question that she'll play a key role in the in any victory you know because she's a strong leader who's led the country for a real um, quite major crisis and that always benefits the incumbents and they become you know handling of it becomes identified with that person so that's the first thing um, second thing is um, I don't believe Judith that she won't resign well I don't think she'll have the choice and if she doesn't resign she'll be voted out and knifed in the back by her own caucus there's no question we've already seen major ructions and disagreements you know Denise Lee whose electorate opposite office we're opposite right now very unhappy with um, Judith's comments around Auckland, which is fair enough, given that Judith didn't consult with Denise as her lead on the city. So no, there's, there's quite clear that there's unhappiness, and it's not just Denise, um, with Judith's leadership already. So even if she won the election, um, she'd be facing a tough time, I think, with people jockeying for cabinet positions and using the way that she's handled this campaign against her. Uh, if she loses, she'll be out, there's no question. If Jacinda loses, she will resign, I believe her. I don't see why she would say that. And um, I think you're right that generally, if a leader leaves a party to defeat here in New Zealand, certainly in recent years, they resign. And, you know, it makes sense. I'm not always a fan of that. Um, I think there are valid reasons why they should stay on sometimes, but 
Well, continuity is one, right? I mean, yeah, we've seen that with National Right Bridges, who was picked in February to actually potentially could have won the selection, was gone, but within three months, uh, then Todd Muller, who I think had the greatest of intentions of like bringing change to National, but I just don't think he ever read just how brutal politics is, and it just destroyed the poor guy. And then you end up with Judith, and I, I would be pretty certain that the caucus's position with Judith was you get a shot at it and if you lose you go. I'm absolutely yeah, yeah. sure. Because one thing that's certain, especially now with Jamie Lee Ross dropping out of Botany, Christopher Luxon is going to walk that with, I would guess, 20,000 majority. Mm. And Luxon has been the heir apparent for years of the National Party. Mm. So I cannot see, with Luxon in power, in, in Parliament now, with a massive majority, how Judith would survive, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, I think she was the right choice at Muller's resignation. I don't think how she's done changes that because I think you need someone, a dirty fighter, who could just drag Labour down as much as possible and throw as much mud as some of it might stick, even though it's blatant fucking lies. Um, you know, could have chosen Alfred Naro, um, but he's an idiot. So Judith at least has a few brain cells to rub together. You don't think Alfred's going to win West Auckland then? Tier two? Tier two? <sighs> no. Um, and I think the reason why he's been acting so worse than normal, he's, he's normally a bad faith player in politics, but the reason he's been particularly acting up this time is because he's absolutely terrified he's going to lose his list seat. Yeah. And I, I say good, I say good riddance. You know, there's certain MPs from across all parties that people would be happy to see the back of, and I know a few National Party voters would be happy to see the back of him. I, um, I, I don't know if he's got the, per, the personality or the to, to take it, forward but the person I've always been constantly impressed with when I listen to is Shane Ritty, the shadow health minister. Shane Ritty's always been, you know, quite an impressive character. Um, I I see him still staying pretty highly ranked in national even um, if they do lose. There's no question. It's not like he's been centrally involved in the campaign and that's probably deliberate. And because, you know, it was always going to be a tough campaign and I still don't, I still want to be very clear, I'm not being triumphalist here. I Genuinely, I'm very nervous about the result, mainly because I don't trust the Greens not to fuck it up. I think they probably will, and I think we can talk about a couple of things, actually. So, who's being disingenuous? Is it Labour or is it the Greens? Jacinda is like, I don't care whether the Greens are with us or not. Oh, good news. I've just had a notification that Emma Mello for Auckland Central is live now. So there you go, campaigning right to the death. Mm. Um, so, you know, Jacinda's like, N- under no circumstances am I going to introduce a wealth tax. Stuart Nash, who I think is what, number eight or something on your list or something like that, has vowed to resign if a wealth tax is introduced. Or is the Green Party being disingenuous by saying it's their absolute bottom line and any government will depend on a wealth tax? Labour aren't going to agree to a wealth tax. It's as simple as that. Why, how can you be so sure? Because I'm the easy thing for Labour sure. to do is go, oh, it's MMP, we had to. No, won't happen. Because we've said we won't do it. And sometimes you say you won't do things and you do them because you know that you can get away with it. I don't think we could get away with a wealth tax right now. Yeah, we'd get away with it for a year, though. So. Hey, you get away with it for three years, and of course, any incoming government would never take it away, and they'd just blame well, no, the, ex, the ex-government for it. They would, though. They would. I think if national, if if no, we're not going to bring it in because this isn't about having a second term. This is about, you know, at least mirroring the key government in terms of length of um, tenure. 
And I think if we brought in a wealth tax after being so vehement about it, we wouldn't. Now, my personal feelings aside, I think it would be a serious mistake for us as Labour to give in to their Greens' demands on that. And the fact is, if you, end, you can end up with a coalition or you can end up with a supply and confidence government, and either's fine by me, I don't care. Do you see any circumstance? I'm asking you lots of questions here. Sorry. I know. I'm not, I feel like I'm on a. I feel like I'm on a show. Am I doing a good job? You're doing all right. No, right. I've seen better. Well, thank you very much. Well, I'm, I'd probably I've better. I've got fewer looking. questions for you because I, I care less what you think. So. Um, <laughs> well, I don't care what you think. I'm just trying to actually make it entertaining. Oh, um, sake, I've forgotten about the entertainment <laughs> part of it. Remember the fans, Matt. Jesus. Remember fans. the fans. Fans. We've got fans now. Have we got fans? We Shout need- out to. Whoever it was, <laughs> both remember, of you. Can't remember your name right now, but thanks. But for we all have of fans, that Matt. Um, Do you see any possibility where Labour could lose tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. Yep, complacency would be the main driver. The fact that people look out, get up tomorrow, uh, and think, well, it's already in the bag. Forty-one percent plus have already turned out. Clearly, the excitement's all for us, and they don't vote for Labour. I think that's the num- that's the main thing. You know, the fact is, the last time I checked the undecideds, there were 14%. That's enough to tip it in either direction. Simple as that. I wouldn't know why they would, what would happen, who can tell, but um, I would better guess afterwards. What about you? Uh, yes, there's only one circumstance that I could see this happening, and I think it's really rare because I don't fit in the National Caucus. Um, they didn't do it last time when they had by far the highest voter majority, so I'm not sure that I could see them doing it this time, only other than to get Labour out and obviously they would know that therefore Jacinda would be gone and then be plunged into more leadership kind of challenges because when I do look at the Labour Party I do not see a national a natural leader anywhere in that party after Jacinda um, but where I do see a possibility is earlier I predicted 44 Labour 34 national predicted 8 for ACT which is mm-hmm. 42 and if Winston did get across 5 Judith whilst the National Caucus have said they won't entertain it Judith's left the door open by saying well we'll just have to see so if Winston got five they could get 47 but that would rely on the Greens not getting five yeah and I think would not have to get five for that to work my instinct is that absolutely Winston would decide once he was in where he was going to go and where he could get the best deal with I suspect he would find it even harder to work with acts in some way than he would with the Greens totally despite what you might say publicly him and Seymour hate each other and yeah and I think and I think you know there's the end of life referendum is real actually I think New Zealand first supporters are going to be more against it statistically probably than probably because they're all closer to it exactly of course (laughs) it's self-interest right want to stay alive cling on to life for a little bit longer yeah but end of life is your choice personal choice end of life is personal choice so not some random decides to do that. That's called a do, no, do not resuscitate order that's we- issued by a doctor. That's nothing to do with a referendum, right? So- I'll tell you what, if, if New Zealand First do scrape back in, uh, and it's something I need to tell you about their campaign off mic, sorry everyone, I'm just hinting <laughs> that I'm a real political insider who know loads, knows loads of shit and isn't prepared to share it with listeners. Um, but I, I, there's all sorts of reasons why I think Winston's hands might be tied actually based on what his caucus want. And actually looking at who's on the list, it's too hard to tell which way they might go. Um, from the ones I know personally, that would be high ranked enough on the list to scrape in under five, with a five percent vote. Um, I would say they would be split 50-50. I'll tell you who's not winning that's on his list, Shane Jones. Oh, he's not going to win his seat now. No, and but that's good. another close seat. 
Good riddance. Northland is another close seat. Shane Jones is not needed in Parliament. No, and he's never not. been needed. Well, whatever he's, party he's involved in. He's there with the other joker that you just mentioned, Alfred. Alfred. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you're talking about people off all sides and don't need in Parliament. Shane Jones, 100%. Absolutely. I still not cannot believe he's got the portfolio he's got, given the fact that he was spending taxpayers' money on porn videos five years ago. Yeah, no, no. It was, uh, you know, price of coalition government um, and good riddance to him. No problem with you, like, going and getting porn, Shane. I'm fine with that. I'm a big supporter of that, but not. Use your own money, mate. You've got enough of it. Yeah. All right, same for me. Um, no problem with porn whatsoever. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to use it. But well, you make it, don't you? I, I do. Yes. That's a. There's a funny story I should. Midnight tell. Matt. So I was. I was round a um, gay friend's house once, and I saw some porn DVDs he had um, strewn out around. And one of them, the cover, it was called Scally Boy Orgy Three. And you can Google this, right? It's re a real film. Scally Boy Orgy. Don't do it right now on your work phone. Is that your work phone? <laughs> Scanny Boy Orgy 3 and I looked at the cover and my exact spitting image was on the cover it was I have to look now <laughs> quite disconcerting and I, um, I, I got him to play a clip and I have to say that in all respects except for one myself and my double were identical slightly better off than me in one department I have to admit looks <laughs> no, it was more like the limb. Should we say the limb department? What he had, he had arms. Yes, that's right. As opposed to me, I mean, you can't tell, right? This is audio. I actually don't have arms. Um, yeah. Anyway, probably, I probably edit that. I really wish I hadn't looked. Fucking edit that. I can't believe you looked. I can't believe you looked. I hope you were using uh, private browsing I so that when you lend your phone to your wife later. That's right, and she goes, Scally Boy Orgy Free? <laughs> we got to leave that in. we got to leave that in. i tell you what, right, because you've seen some of the stuff that I post on Facebook and some of the stuff I must have to search to get some of those jokes, I would hate. I, I can never, ever commit a crime because if the police came to the house and did a Google history search, I would probably be put down, I reckon. Well, that's right. I, I write short stories as well as jokes, and uh, yeah, that, that leads me down some dark alleys. <laughs> um, a bit like Scally Boy Orgy, I guess. Uh, so, what else have we got left on the list to talk about? I don't know. Oh, the minor part is who's going to survive. Oh, well. You know, because they've all said, they've all come on the show, and thank you again for coming well, on the show. Well, not quite all of them. I wish, well, I wish we'd got all of them, but we got a few, a few of the nicest ones. I reckon ones. we're going to go and get a few after the election, actually, and see. I still want to get the new Conservatives, and if you're listening, Leighton Baker. We're coming after you to get on the literally, show. Literally, literally, we'll be tying you up, putting you in the boot of a car. <laughs> oh no, no, this ain't Scally Boy Orgy Chucking you off there. <laughs> chucking, yes, and making you star in a gay porn film, because we know that's what you really want to do. Stop it, because um, I'd actually genuinely be interested in interviewing... Watching a gay <laughs> porn film with Leighton Baker is what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would genuinely be interested in what he's got to say, because... There's a lot made about what their policies are and what they mean, and I think people have taken some of their own interpretations of those. And Leighton Baker, I saw one interview where he said, we definitely do not believe that anything other than a mother and a father is the best sort of parenting approach for a child. And they turned around and said, well, if you got into a coalition, would you try and get rid of like same-sex marriage? And he said, absolutely no. So- He did, that's true. But uh, I don't know. It, 
it will be very interesting. I would love to genuinely get them on and find out what makes them tick and yeah. um, what is actually behind their approach because I think it's important to understand where people are coming from. And they're heavily Christian um, as well, we've got to remember as And well. then strap them to a big cross and set them on fire. <laughs> Stop it. That's um, not happening. Light and Baker, that is not happening. I will edit that bit out, don't worry. <laughs> well, if you've told them you're going to edit it out, they'll never know that it was ever in. I know, I'm just going to leave in that. <laughs> I will edit that out and there'll be a little bit of silence before that and they'll be like, what the fuck did he edit out? Oh, probably you giving me one of your in-the-know predictions, yeah, probably. that's right. I've got many of them. Um, I'll forget what they were as soon as I stop recording, so Dan's never going to find out. But no, in terms of the minor parties we've talked to, obviously acts have already said plenty of times and in the one where we spoke to Michael, um, acts are going to do very well no matter what and it's an amazing turnaround for them and I'll be very interested to talk to an act person in the future who's maybe been involved in the party a bit longer about what that actually means going forward and how they can build on that. Um, in, in the case of the other parties, I think that the Opportunities Party um, absolutely run a very active campaign. Can't fault them on their activism, can't fault them on their efforts to, to get in front of every audience they've got the opportunity to. Um, fair play to them on that. I think that's it though and I think they're going to be very disappointed um, by the results. Do you, know, you obviously don't want to interview Shy afterwards then. <laughs> no I do, I, I do and I'm happy making these, this prediction and saying you know fair play to them they've done a good they've done a good job um, but the reasons why they don't get in may well not be down to them it may be down to wider factors and it may be down to this being the wrong election for small interesting new parties. Um, I do like their approach with their policy in a minute I don't particularly agree with all their policies, but their little videos of policies in a minute oh, it's great. are just captivating enough yeah, yeah. that you at least listen to them and go, well, what does that mean? It's great. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't do that on the hoof, could you, Judith? <laughs> um, and then the Tea Party, I think, again, very nice bunch of people. Um, and they've got some real political heavyweights, actually, including former mayoral candidate Jack Colino, um, several-time mayoral and candidate. John Hong. And John Hong involved, and Susan Kruger, in fact, has been, yes. um, I'm sure, has been an Auckland councillor in the past. I think she's a mayoral candidate from the yeah. past as well. Yeah, yeah, and a serving councillor. So, I mean, they've got some serious people in, but I, as much as they're a nice, nice people and a nice party, um, whether I agree with them or not, um, I just can't see them in this election doing well. I think that both they and the Opportunities Party need to wait till an election where people are really unhappy with both Labour and National and looking for a real alternative. And the fact is, even though National Party voters are maybe a bit grumpy with Judith's leadership at the moment, the fact is they're not disillusioned with National itself. They're still loyal to the party, and if they're lending their votes to act temporarily, that entirely indicates they're prepared to come back next time with a better, with a different leader. Uh, and Labour voters obviously are not ha unhappy with the party at the moment. So yeah, I would say watch this space. If those parties are prepared to stay in it for the long run and are still here in the next election, it might be a very different story. But I'll be surprised if they're anything other than extremely disappointed this time. Do you reckon the new Conservatives will survive? They uh, seem to have picked up some support. They fucking dragged on for years. And, you know, they've got they've survived Colin Craig. Colin Craig. Um, Huggy, Mr. Huggable, um, as we call him. Colin. Um, Mr. Libel, actually, so probably should watch what we say, and I might edit stuff out, <laughs> but I say. Not if Darren says anything, I'll leave it in. It's amazing how long they've dragged on, but I guess it's a testament to that kind of hardcore of support for the kind of what I call unpleasant Bible values, <laughs> or, um, or, or certain reactionary interpretation of the Bible that certain people abide by, and there's always going to be a constituency for that. And whereas the National Party are the bearable Bible party? Well, there's plenty of Christians in both the main parties, actually. Uh, there's no less churchgoers in, in Labour. 
and uh, you know, in fact, surveys... Yeah, they go to the Mount Roscoe Evangelical Church, don't they? Well, exactly. Survey... Um, no, they don't go there, actually. That's a solid National Party um, enclave, a little church. What, in, in Jacinda's own backyard? Well, no, it's, they probably were Labour voters, to be honest. <laughs> oh, who knows? Probably non-voters, actually, those kind of people. No, I mean, the, f the fact is, studies continually show that actually members of faith communities are disproportionately overrepresented in Labour and other social democratic parties. So I would say most, most religious people are quite happy with mainstream parties on both sides. But there is going to always be a hardcore who prioritise certain issues. Anyway, it's, it's all got a bit boring and trailed off a little bit there. So, um, do you want me to predict what I think happened with the minor parties? No, I've got no questions for you. Okay. Um, that's it. Fuck Job you done. Then. Bye, okay. everyone. Thanks for listening. No, all right. <laughs> no. What, Darren, what are your predictions? Um, I think, obviously, ACT's biggest problem um, after this election is obviously on a fantastic run, but how do they maintain and build on it? Especially if a strong national leader, if cool. Judith doesn't survive. Glad I asked you that, because you just repeated everything I just said. Fuck Carry me. on. And um, <laughs> top... I really can't get the grasp of. I think they will survive because I do think there's sufficient enough um, unhappiness with the two major parties. The same again for Tea Party. I think they've got enough financial clout behind them to survive. It's whether those people at the top who've got the money are willing to fund it for another three years. Um, Advanced New Zealand, I think Jamie and Billy TK will be the Oni Honawira and Kim.com of last but one election or wherever where they will go their own separate yes, way. I think that's a very good analogy there. I, uh, I think, I'd still think that in the future, Jamie could end up being the Winston Peters of the future. Nah. I think he's got, he's, I think he'll have, no, I think he'll be back. He'll be back in some form or another. The future for Jamie Lee Ross, I think, is going away for a few years, coming back a reformed and repented man and presenting a few TV series about different things. There was a politician in the UK, um, Michael Portello. Oh, yes. Who made a big comeback talk, doing programmes about trains all around the world. And I can see something similar, but given that it's New Zealand TV, probably confined to his backyard, literally. Um, what, I can the only hunger to Auckland Central train line? Exactly. Um, I can see him riding up and down on the... Yeah, more oh, like... On the tram that you haven't built. Yes. On the, thank, oh, that, thank on the, God. Thank God. <laughs> on the um, light rail you didn't build. Thanks for reminding me about that narrow <laughs> escape we had. I'm very happy with that. Um, yeah, I can see Jamie coming back as a TV personality or something like that if he cleans his act up, but not as a politician. No way. And so, yeah, I think that's most of them, isn't it? Pretty much done. That's all of them. Well, I think if you want to edit this damn thing and get it out before the election so our predictions don't sound like confirmations, we should call it quits. All right, I agree. Um, thanks, Darren. Thanks, listeners.